Hey, what's up, everyone? This is Brent Aiken here, back with another episode of Listen, Watch, Discuss, the podcast where I review TV shows, movies, music, and take a look at what's new in the entertainment industry. Tonight is a double review. I will be reviewing the season two premiere of The Mandalorian and the official series premiere of Hell of a Boss. Enjoy the show. So, yeah, um, this weekend's uh, been a little crazy. Well, actually, the majority of this week's been <laughs> kind of crazy. Um, what with uh, uh, work and um, the power being out of my house for two days. Um, but yeah, I mean, the last two days I was at work, uh, Thursday and Friday, were insane because a lot of people's power went out in the middle of the night. Uh, Thursday morning, it was like 2, 3 o'clock or something, because of uh, the hurricane weather we got. and um, And so we just had a a lot of people, you know, uh, both days. Well, actually, no, and Saturday, too. We had way more people Saturday than Thursday and Friday combined. It may have had something to do with Halloween uh, being yesterday, but um, but who knows. But anyway, I'm glad I got a day off. <laughs> um, it was good. It was just, you know, it was really busy and really crowded. Um, but yeah, so, and thankfully, my power's back on. Uh, at our house, it came back on Saturday sometime, again, sometime in the middle of the night on Saturday, um, I think Saturday morning, like 1 a.m. or something, but yeah, so thankfully, it's back, <laughs> um, so yeah, so yeah, hopefully everyone uh, has been having a good week and a good weekend, and hope everyone had a good Halloween, uh, hopefully you got to trick-or-treat and get some candy despite you know, uh, COVID being, still being around <laughs> and people still being wary of it. Um, so yeah, I was, uh, this is the first time I haven't, uh, posted a, a podcast episode, um, you know, on either Friday or Saturday. Uh, cause last week I only posted the, uh, um, the Razzmatazz album review and, you know, I took Saturday off because I was on vacation for my listeners who don't know who, didn't listen to last week's episode. That's why there wasn't one um, Saturday. And the reason why there wasn't one this Friday or this Saturday is because, of, like I said, of the power of Friday not being on. So I, you know, and that whole day was just kind of crazy. <laughs> um, and and I was just kind of tired yesterday and I, I didn't really feel like it. I mean, I was fine. I wasn't sick or anything. I was just like kind of tired and I was like, eh, I'll just watch some TV. I'll, I'll do it tomorrow. So, so yeah, I just decided to do uh, my review, the review I was going to do, uh, Friday and the review I was going to do yesterday and just combine them into one review to do today. And I should say that, um, I'll probably, it it just don't expect there to be a podcast review. I'll still do at least one. I'll try to do at least one every week, maybe two, but don't expect them to always be on Friday or Saturday. I, you know, I may post one a week. I may skip a week or two, I may do two or three throughout the week, like a day apart from the other. So, you know, cause I was gonna, I was planning on, and I have been for the last 10 episodes <laughs> doing them on Fridays and Saturdays, but, um, it may not always be like that going forward just because, you know, it just to switch it up and, you know, not the podcasts I listen to, they kind of do that too. They don't always, you know, and sometimes you're just busy and, you know, you can't get, you, you can't do it, you know? Um, so yeah, I, the schedule may be different going forward, but just know I'll still at least try to post one a week. Um, 
And if not, I'll make up for it by posting a few a week or having two, reviewing two or three things in one episode. So, uh, anyway, with that long ass intro out of the way, (laughs) um, today I'll be reviewing, like I said, uh, the season two premiere of the Mandalorian, uh, episode one, um, Marshall and, uh, the official series premiere of hell of a boss season one, episode one murder family. Uh, as always, uh, there are spoilers, uh, that I'm going to be, um, or as I'm covering the episodes, there are going to be spoilers, so be mindful of that, and don't, uh, listen to it if you feel like you want to watch it and haven't seen it yet, because I will be spoiling some things that happen in the episodes, so, uh, so yeah, for all of you Star Wars fans out there, (laughs) The Mandalorian's finally back, um, and, this was a really good season premiere. It was a great way to kick off the second season. Uh, and it was it was cool to see the Mandalorian back in action again. And it was also great to see Baby Yoda. He's so adorable. <laughs> um, just everything he does is just it's like, aw, he's so cute. Um, and, it's, and it's funny uh, seeing how big he blew up or how much he blew up in like, pop culture and media and there's even a serial about them now which is crazy <laughs> but uh but chapter the season two premiere uh episode one um uh, chapter nine overall because there were eight episodes last season so this is chapter nine overall of the episodes uh the marshal uh it is uh let's see we start okay so we start off with um the mandalorian attempting to uh, like like where we ended off from season one, he's uh, seeking out other Mandalorians to help him reunite the child, a.k.a. Baby Yoda, with uh, his own species, with his kind. Uh, he approaches a criminal by the name of Gore Koresh, who sa- he supposedly knows their whereabouts, um, uh, and he, he meets him at a rain fight. Um, and uh, during, the, <laughs> during the fight, Gore... Uh, is trying to kill him or like as this is going on, he has like some, some of his, uh, cronies, like, uh, they all point his guns at him and the Mandalorian's like, you're not taking my armor. Cause that's what Gore was trying to do. He's trying to take his armor. Um, but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, so the Mandalorian kills all of them with the, that little wrist rocket thing he has that like shoots missiles at him and that it's, or, bullets or something. I, I forgot exactly what they are, but he kills, he kills his cronies. You know, he gets into a pretty cool fight, a uh, pretty well choreographed fight between, with some of them. And, um, and after he kills them all, he, he, uh, he sees Gore running out the door and, um, and he ties him up by his legs. You know, he shoots a little, not harpoon, but like a little grappling hook at his legs and ties him up. Um, and, uh, he reveals, Gore reveals the rumors of another Mandalorian operating on Tatooine. Uh, and so, uh, Mando and <laughs> the baby Yoda, uh, travel there and they go to, um, well, they, they first, they, they go back to the mechanic from season one, uh, Pe- I, I feel like I'm screwing this name up, Pele Modo. Um, and she reveals the location of where the ne- other Mandalorian is. Moss Pelgo, which is a like a little sand, a, li- a little mining town. It's like very small, you know, like those old westerns, um, where you know the town, you, like you can see the entire town, 
and it's like 50 feet long and there's like two sides to the town you know there's the shops and the bar on one side and then the houses are on the other side or vice versa you know i mean it's interchangeable but you know uh so it's like it's so small it's it barely registers on the map um or on any maps but and and most people thought it was destroyed but um and and mando even points this out when pele shows um shows him the map he's like i don't see anything she's like well yeah but it's because it's so small (laughs) the maps don't recognize it as a real town or i mean you know it's because it's it's almost nothing you know that's how small it is um so so after that uh he fix uh uh, pele gets her droids to uh briefly fix uh the mando ship and he takes um but he takes a, a speeder bike there um because he doesn't want the anyone to detect him. So he takes a little speeder bike that Pele has. And he arrives in, in Mos Pelgo. And uh, he finds the town's marshal, um, Cobb Vanth, who is a pretty badass character overall. Um, and uh, he finds out that he is the one... He's wearing the Mandalorian armor. So that's he was the supposed Mandalorian that was uh, operating on Tatooine. Um... And and also it uh, I'd like to point out that the ba- the Mandalorian armor that Cobb is wearing is Boba Fett's armor, and it took me a second to realize it because it was like dirty and cracked, and uh, and you know it looked kind of rusted. But when I when uh, Cobb took the helmet off and sat down at the table, when him and Mando were having a drink, I looked at it and I'm like, oh wait, it's green, and and you know Boba Fett's armor was kind of like lime green, kind of like bluish green like tinted green um and so you know and so it kind of to distinguish himself from the rest of the mandalorians you know um or that's you know that's one way i was able to um or, or that's one way you can tell that it's a little different is because his armor was like colored slightly different you know had a slightly different color because most of them are like silver and dark gray and maybe you know but uh his was like green so i'm like oh that's cool so and we know, and we know, Boba Fett didn't die. Apparently, he escaped the, uh, not the Rancor, the, the, the Sarlacc. Yeah, <laughs> I almost said Sandworm. I guess he is a Sandworm, but uh, but anyway, so yeah, um, uh, so the uh, Mandalorian realizes that Vanth isn't a Mandalorian, and he demands to, uh for him to take the armor off, um, but Akab refuses, and they're about to have a standoff when it's interrupted, when their standoff's interrupted by a crate dragon showing up. It's like this, it's kind of like a giant sandworm too. Um, but it like, it like slithers into town and like the sand starts rippling and some of the like little, uh, balconies, well not balconies, but some of the little, um, like the, the, like wooden platforms they have set up, like the porches, like some of the, some of the people's porches, like kind of like break apart cause they're made out of wood like, as he's, like, he's literally, like, uh, uh, not slithering, but he's, like, like, moving through the town, and, and, you know, the sand's rippling, and, like, you know, the ground's quaking, and, um, apparently he's been terrorizing the town for, for years, uh, and Vanth, that's when Vanth agrees to return the armor to the Mandalorian in, in exchange for, uh, his help, you know, in getting rid of the dragon, um, and on the way to um, uh, 
Oh, yeah. Oh, wait, no. Sorry, let me go back. Uh, so Vanth explains that he acquired the armor from Jawa scavengers <laughs> to fight off the mining collective who had invaded Mos Pelgo following the destruction of the second Death Star. Uh, since then, Vanth has used the armor to protect the townspeople, and that's and you know thus he was appointed uh, marshal shortly afterwards. Um, uh, so on their way, and then they they leave on their speeder bikes to the Dragon's Cave. Um, on their way, they encounter uh, some Tuscan raiders, sand people, and apparently they're also hunting the dragon. So um, and because uh, Mando can speak uh, um, their language, uh, he they form an alliance to bait the dragon out and kill it, but it fails. <laughs> they, they bait it with one of the, uh, I forgot what they called them. Um, but they're, they're the, they're these like big mammoth looking creatures with these like ram looking horns. Um, they try to bait it out with that, but it fails and the crate dragon misses them, uh, misses it completely and eats the Tuscan that was calling him out <laughs> of the cave. <laughs> and they're like, okay, well that didn't work. So they go to plan B, which is um, going to uh, the town, Mos Pelgo, going back to the town and getting and uh, getting the townsfolk to help them. Because they're like, well, we need reinforcements. We don't have enough sand people. The, the two of us and the sand people aren't enough to take on this monster. So we're going to have to get some volunteers. So, uh, but, and you know, there's like animosity between the groups because, you know, the Tuscan raiders will raid, <laughs> have raided the... Uh, their village for years, and uh, and both sides have killed a bunch of their own people. I mean, not their own people, but I mean, both sides have killed people on the other side. You know, like a, bu- a bunch of most Pel- uh, Pelgo uh, citizens have killed Tuscan raiders, and Tuscan raiders have killed a lot of them. And you know, uh, so you know, just, but despite all that, Mando and Cobb, um, you know, get them to uh, make up, and. Um, and and they convince them to work together to kill it, um, and but but they get them to they convince them after they get the Tuscans they promise that they'll never harm the town again unless provoked by the people from Mos Pogo, um, as long as that and and also another um, uh, deal in the bet is they uh, want to keep the dragon's carcass, so in exchange for the gra- uh, dragon's carcass, they they won't harm the town again. Unless, you know, someone from most Pelgo decides to attack first. Uh, so, so then they go back to the uh, dragon's cave and they attempt to lure him out again and this time and kill him with explosives under his belly, which is uh, his only known weak spot. Uh, the plan falters, though, <laughs> when the dragon uh, breaks free from the harpoons because they, they, they had like four uh, um, harpoon uh, they had they had four like uh, harpoons set up, and they were they were shooting the harpoons at the uh, dragon to like restrain him. But obviously that didn't that didn't work uh, because he was quite bigger than they thought he was, and um, and he's unharmed by the planted explosives. So, uh, so uh, and he's fending off the blaster fire. He uh, <laughs> he repeatedly like outmaneuvers the entire group. And he, he's like spits this stomach acid, this venom at them, um, killing several of the sand people and or killing a lot of the sand people, the Tuscans and the male uh, Pelgo citizens. I mean, most Pelgo citizens. Where did I get male from? <laughs> um, so, uh, you know, they're realizing, oh, well, how are we going to kill this thing? Because uh, Ma- Mando and 
Cobb are like flying around with their jetpacks trying to shoot them with their lasers and their little wrist rocket things um, and the little missiles they have on the jetpack, but you know, nothing's working. So uh, Mando has the brilliant and kind of maybe slightly stupid idea. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's a really risky idea um, to provoke the dragon into swallowing him and a, a bantha. That's what it was. Okay. Yeah. That's the creature. That's the mammoth creature with the ram horns. I was thinking, trying to think of the name of, uh, but he, the uh, Mando provokes the dragon into swallowing him and a bantha that had like explosives attached to him. Like they had, like he had some explosives in a, in one of the, uh, in his satchel or like, like the bantha had like, um, um, a saddle and like on the side of the saddle, he had, um, all the explosives they didn't use yet. So, uh, Mandalorian's like, okay, well, I'm gonna use the, I'm just gonna get hit the dragon to swallow me and the bantha and then shock him into opening his mouth, uh, you know, with the, I forgot the weapon, but it's, it's like this, this stick he has that like, it's like a taser. It shocks people. Uh, but he decides to shock him into opening his mouth and blow him up, uh, with the band inside him. And that's what he does. He gets swallowed and there's like a moment of silence. There's like, a, and everyone's like waiting around like, Oh wait, what just happened? He's not dead yet. And Mando's still inside. Um, and Com's looking out like, where, you know, what, where'd he go? And, um, and then we see the, the crate dragon jump up from out of the sand, open his mouth. And there's like a bolt of electricity, um, shooting out of his mouth. And you can see the man and, and the uh, Mandalorian flies out and you can see he's like shooting him with the, the taser stick. And uh, I know that's not the name. There's probably a different name for it. I just forgot what it was, but, um, but yeah, he flies out of the jetpack or he flies out with his jetpack after shooting, uh, the dragon with the, uh, taser stick to get him to open his mouth. And then as he's in midair, he presses the detonator, activating the bombs on the Bantha and exploding and killing the crate dragon once and for all. Um, and so, yeah, after he, after he's killed, um, the Moss Pelagoians, I guess that's how you would say someone from Moss Pelgo, the, the villagers and the Tuscan raiders celebrate and the Tusk and the Tuscans butcher the dragon's remains and they find a pearl inside and they do that. Well, anyone who's seen the movies know the, the, their cheer, like the, the Tuscan raiders cheer. They, they go, hur, 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 you know, like that. And then they like, they raise their, they grab onto their sticks and their weapons and like push them up in the air repeatedly, like, like raising, like they're raising the roof almost. <laughs> it's so, it always makes me laugh every time I see that. But, um, <laughs> that was a funny scene. Um, so, uh, so afterwards, so after that, after they celebrate and Tuscans find the valuable pearl, Vanth returns the armor to Mando as promised. And with, uh, Vanth saying that he hopes our, uh, that their paths cross again and Mando replying, I hope so too. And they part ways, you know, on good terms of friends, as friends. And, um, and then we see, uh, as, um, Mando is, uh, riding away on his, uh, speeder bike, we see in the very distance, well, actually, Mando's in the very distance, uh, and we see a heavily scarred Boba Fett watching him. And, uh, and I guess I'm, <laughs> it took me a second to realize that that was Boba Fett. Um, but when I did, I'm like, oh, wait, because I was wondering where, because, you know, uh, I was, because it was on Tatooine, 
where he supposedly died or, or, you know, got eaten by the Sarlacc. Um, but you know, apparently he never died. And so I was like, Oh, okay. Interesting. And when I heard he was going to be in season two, I was like, and and then after seeing Cobb Vance armor, I'm like, uh, you know, or after seeing that his armor was Boba Fett's armor, I'm like, okay, well, Boba Fett's got to still be somewhere on the planet. Right. I mean, he probably didn't leave because he knew that because he kind of worked for Jabba of uh, the hut and he probably would have been killed <laughs> by any of the, um, uh, anyone who was against the empire, you know, he knew there was probably a, ironically a bounty on his head. Um, so yeah, so that, so that was a cool, it was a very good episode, very great way to start off the season. There was a lot of action. And again, like the, the budget for the show is insane. Like that the crate dragon was really well, um, realized like he was very like, the CGI on him was great. Um, the CGI on the Banthas and the animatronics and puppetry with Baby Yoda was great as well. Um, Mando's just as badass as always. Uh, it's great to see him again. And, and, um, and it was cool to see, uh, it was cool to see Boba Fett again. I can't wait to see what happens when they cross paths. That's going to be awesome. Um, I have no idea what's going to happen though. Uh, oh, and it was, and Cobb Vanth was also a pretty badass character. He was, he was a great introduction to the show. And I, and like I said, I hope he comes back. Um, I'm sure he will though. I just hope he doesn't die. Uh, like, um, the moisture farmer, uh, what was his name? You know, he, uh, anyone who's seen the Mandalorian, they know what I'm talking about. Uh, where he was like, he kept saying like his catchphrase was, um, I have spoken you know, uh, but he helped the Mandalorian and he was trying to get the child. It was like the episode before the season, season one finale. He was trying to get, uh, on his speeder bike away from the stormtroopers who were trying to, uh, get baby Yoda, but then they ended up shooting and killing him and retrieving the child, you know? So I'll think of his name in a minute. I guess I could look it up, but too lazy. <laughs> but anyway, um, but yeah, so yeah, so I'm looking forward to seeing Boba Fett more this season and and him and um Mando crossing paths. I'm interested to see if we see any more of his of Baby Yoda's species or if we see Yoda again. That'd be cool to to see him. Um and I'm also interested in and I, and I, wa- I really want to see some more of Moff Gideon cuz when he uh, uh cut his way out of the Tie Fighter um at the end of season one with the dark saber, I'm like, Oh shit, that's awesome. <laughs> Cause I had never seen a dark saber before. And, and it, to, uh, and Brecken, my, my, one of my friends told me like, he's a big star Wars fan. He told me that, um, what that was. And I'm like, cause I didn't know what it was. I was like, is that a like reverse lightsaber? <laughs> cause it, cause you know, it was like completely dark and he's like, it's a dark saber. And I'm like, Oh, okay. That makes sense. That, I mean, cause lightsabers like really bright light, you know, it's like, and the dark saber is completely black, so I mean that—that's <laughs> an obvious name. I guess I should have caught onto that. But you know, because I had never seen one of those in any of the movies or the Mandalorian up till that point, so I thought, oh, that's awesome, you know. But uh, but yeah. Oh, and I'm also looking forward to seeing Ahsoka. I can't wait till she shows up. Uh, and and any of you who don't know, uh, she is played by Rosario Dawson. They cast her as Ahsoka. And I, and I, Brecken's gonna hate me for this. I still haven't finished Star Wars: The Clone Wars. I may have to go back and I may start it over again because I missed like the. I I kind of forgot some of what happened in the first two seasons. Uh, 
so I may have to go back and watch them. But I will. But Brecken, if you're if you're listening to this, I will get on it. Just it just got to take some time. Um, so yeah, and but but I'm looking forward to seeing her uh, later in the season, more of Boba Fett and and all that. So um, and yeah, and I can't wait to watch the next seven episodes. Um, so coming up next, we have. Uh, hell of a boss. Um, now, for those of you who don't know, uh, the pilot for Hell of a Boss was created by Vivian Madrano, and it was uh, released uh, November, I believe it was November 25th last year, so 2019. Um, and since then, it has, I believe it now has over 27 million views on YouTube. Um, so it's got, it's garnered quite a reputation, you know, <laughs> it's garnered, it's garnered a lot of views since it being released almost over a year ago. Um, and she had created another show, uh, has been hotel, uh, or, or the pilot for the show. And, um, and she's been working on some other stuff too, but, um, this is the first official episode of hell of a boss. And apparently there's supposed to be eight more for this season and uh and it, and they're all going to be on YouTube which is good um cuz i mean not that i wouldn't i mean i probably wouldn't pay for another streaming service to watch the show but i mean i just you know because she created the pilot on YouTube i'm glad that she's releasing the rest of the episodes on YouTube and you know you don't have to pay for it pay for it or anything that's that's a nice touch uh but anyway so yeah the first episode the first official episode of hell of a boss um Oh yeah, and by the way, I should say yeah, the pilot was pretty much just setting up the um the premise of the show, which I guess I should briefly go over real quick. So basically, the show takes place in hell. It takes place in the same hell and the same universe as Has Been Hotel. Um and it basically follows this uh boss and his employees who run a company called IMP, aka the Immediate Murder Professionals, where they basically uh, take on clients' um, uh, wishes to uh, kill anyone that harmed them or disowned them or <laughs> did them wrong in any way um, in on Earth. Uh, and they have this magic book that they that allows them to open portals from hell to Earth, so they can you know complete their job and go kill whoever uh, their client um, wanted to get have killed. You know. Um, and that's pretty much the plot. And the, and the pilot was just them in a in a boardroom meeting, you know, talking about what they were going to do next. And we kind of got to see them in action. But this episode, the first official episode, is where we really get to see them shine at what they do. You know, <laughs> like, um, but yeah, like because the first episode was just setting up what you needed to know. And this episode, if you'd seen the if you've seen the pilot, um. I mean, you still kind of get a sense of what they do. They kind of briefly, like, you know, go over what the show's about in a way, you know? Like, you can kind of, but, you you know, you can kind of pick up on what's going on if you if you just watch this first episode. But if you go back and watch the pilot, it helps. So, uh, so anyway, with that out of the way, um, let's get on to reviewing Hell of a Boss, the series premiere. Uh, season 1, Episode 1, Murder Family. So, we start off with... Uh, narration from uh, a woman named Mrs. Mayberry, who um, begins explaining uh, how one can lead a good life but still be sent to hell for a few bad acts. 
Um, and we start off with her life on Earth as an elementary school teacher. She's starting her day off like normal, and she has like a special song that her and the children sing that start the day. And um, and and as they're singing, one of the kids reminds her that uh, the day, it, the day's January eighth. It's uh, otherwise known as uh, her husband's birthday. And it's funny because as the scene's going on, she just stops writing on the chalkboard and she just it kind of go. she kind of goes into shock like she just had a Vietnam flashback or something. She's like, oh, shit, I forgot my husband's birthday. And uh, she tells all the children to shut up. She's like, stop, stop singing. She's like, I forgot my husband's birthday. How terrible am I? And then and then she's like, I didn't get him a present or anything. And one of her students has the brilliant idea to call him as a as a surprise for his birthday, um, and she agrees to it. And they they call him on Skype, or they or they like you know video chat. They they call him on the classroom computer. Uh, but to her shock and the class's horror, uh, her husband is having an affair with another woman, and uh, <laughs> it's just it's it's crazy how like. Uh, how quickly this took a turn for the worst this first two minutes of this episode but um but she gets up and she's like she she just has like a blank expression on her face like it's it's not even horror or rage or sadness it's just like nothing and she gets up and one of the students mind you the 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 girl the the same uh, student who told her to call him uh, I mean, she didn't know that he was having an affair, but I mean, it's just talk about inconvenient timing, you know, <laughs> that, that that happened. Um, but she, she reminds her, she's like, hey, remember, Mrs. Mayberry, think before you act. And before she finishes it, Miss Mayberry grabs her by the throat and just throws her up into the ceiling, <laughs> like throws her, she just grabs her, throws her through the ceiling, through the roof, like just smash it. She just, sm- the girl just smashes right through the roof. And Miss Mayberry walks outside, gets in her car, drives through the fence. She doesn't even go down the road. She drives, she crashes through the school's fence and gets to the, back to her, um, to her house and her students are still watching as this is going on. Um, but she ends up, um, uh, cutting like, like, uh, killing, um, the, uh, woman who her husband was having an affair with, with a chainsaw. And then she ends up shooting him with uh, a gun. And then she realizes, Oh shit, I did all this, uh, out of blind rage. And all you children were what in, Children, you were watching. Look, I'm sorry. Remember to do your timetable, times tables. You know, good luck. And then she just offs herself. She shoots herself, causing all the children to faint. And then we cut back down to hell, where Mrs. Mayberry finishes, you know, her narration, and we see that she's in uh, the IMP headquarters. She's in Blitz's office, uh, and um, <laughs> or the boss. Blitz is the boss, by the way, and um, she. Uh, <laughs> She finishes telling the story, and Blitz mocks her, telling her that um, they only kill targets in the living world. And the way she described the story, it sounded like everyone, including her, had already died and went to hell. But she reveals that even though she successfully murdered herself and her husband, (laughs) that the woman he was having an affair with, Martha, survived and became a hero because of her surviving um, and she ended up appearing on talk shows and receiving $2 million in donations and everyone called her a hero 
And it's funny because that's, in a way, it's kind of like what happens in real life. But, um, you know, with, like, women having affairs and then, like, the, the wife goes crazy and kills him or tries to kill him. And then, but they're, but they're seen as a hero, even though they did something, they, even though they violated the sanctity of someone else's marriage. And what makes this even crazier is that Martha was already married. Like we see when we cut to her, uh, when we cut to her in the, in, on earth and receiving the check and everything, she's married with two kids. So she was having an affair on her husband, but the media just completely glosses over that and says, how does it feel to have survived such an awful woman, uh, and um, and she's like, oh, I just hope that woman's finally found peace after what she did to me and the guy I was having an affair with. It's just, it's just, it's insane. And I mean, honestly, it seems like something that, I guess, what well, it does happen, but it seems like something so crazy that it shouldn't happen, but it does, you know. Um, but anyway, so yeah, so she, so um, we cut to the office lobby, and uh, Luna. Uh, Blitz's pet uh, hellhound, um, who's also kind of like she's she's kind of Blitz's pet, but she's also kind of like a rebellious teenager. Uh, <laughs> it's kind of funny, and um, and uh, his two employees, Millie and Moxie, who are married, um, are in the you know are in the lobby, and they're try Luna and Millie are trying to get Moxie over his fear of killing an innocent family because you know based on uh, Mrs. Mayberry's story. Uh, they might have to kill the whole family or at least just Martha, you know, but I mean, he's, you know, he's, he's still coming to terms with, um, with doing that because Moxie's kind of like the moral integrity and the heart of the, of the group. Like he's the one that cares the most. Um, but he's trying to work up the confidence to shoot a crossbow at like a photo that Luna's holding up of like a perfect nuclear family. And uh, Ma- Millie's, like, saying, oh, well, a lot of people end up in hell anyway, so, you know, it, you'll be fine. And then, uh, you know, it's it's like, you know, they might be bad. And then Luna <laughs> goes into inventing reasons why the family in the picture might be bad. Uh, just making up shit. <laughs> and, um, uh, and then he decides to shoot it. And... Um, or well, no, actually, well, no, wait. What happens is Blitz opens the door to introduce uh, Mrs. Mayberry to the rest of the staff, but but it panics Moxie and it causes him to fire the crossbow. It ricochets all the ra- around the room. It hits the ceiling, hits the computer, a picture on the wall, and then it hits the fish tank or the leg of the fish tank, and uh, and Blitz catches it right before it stu- uh, right before it hits her in the eye, uh, and the fish tank collapses and ends up spilling water and the eels set fire to the office. There were eels in the tank. It just sets fire to the office. And, um, so yeah, so we cut back to the, to the outside of the office where a f- team of firefighters are packing up after, you know, putting out the fire and Blitz, uh, walks Miss Mayberry to her taxi telling her they'll kill the target within 24 hours or it's free. And Moxie asks him since when have they made that offer? And Blitz in a fury of blind rage or in a fit of blind rage tells him, ever since he set fire to the office is why we we've started doing that <laughs> because you, you said it, you set fire to my office in front of a client. You, you know, explicit, insert explicit here. <laughs> but, um, but then, uh, he asks Luna if the book they use to get to the, uh, to earth is safe. And she's like, yeah. And, um, Luna, mo- mo- uh, most of the time, or at least in these, in the pilot, in this first episode just stays behind because they need someone to bring them back. 
So she she just stays behind at the office with the book. Um, while Blitz, Millie, and Moxie go to Earth to carry out their assassinations. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so Luna stays behind. Uh, Millie opens a portal to Earth on the side of the building. They all go through and they go get to Martha's house. Or they they arrive, you know, right at Martha's house, which is a cabin on the lake. And um, they crouch down in the bushes. And Blitz looks and he's like, hey, Moxie, you want to take this one? And he's like honored. He's like, what, me? You know? And Blitz is like, yeah, why not? This is simple enough. And, uh, <laughs> and then he looks he looks up uh, uh, from the bushes uh, through the window and he sees uh, Martha and she's got like a bandage on her head and she's about to uh, have dinner. She's sitting down about to have dinner with her husband and kids. And, uh, and Moxie's like, well, wait, she just got out of the hospital. I don't know. I feel bad about this. Aren't we killing? We're killing a family. And Blitz takes out his rifle and he's about, he's pointing it at Martha. He's like, no, we're not killing a family. We're killing a mother. We're ruining a family. (laughs) This is probably one of my favorite lines from the first, from the episode, by the way. And uh, Moxie, he has second thoughts about it. And he moves the gun right when Blitz shoots it, causing him to miss and hit the mirror that's like two feet away from where Martha's standing. Like on the, on the wall next to her, um, it hits the, the bullet, uh, misses her by like two feet and hits the mirror on the side of the wall. Uh, and then they're, they're everyone. And they duck down <laughs> Blitz and Moxie. And, um, Martha's like, what's that? And Ralphie, her husband is like, well, I don't know, but whatever it is, they just became tomorrow night's dinner. And they, <laughs> they get their guns out. And, and then Martha downs a shot and throws the shot glass down before getting her shotgun out. And then the kids get their guns out and they all decide to, you know, they, they all go guns a blazing attacking, um, you know, what they don't know who it was, but you know, attacking their attackers. Um, and Blitz angrily from the bushes <laughs> yells at Moxie for you know ruining the, the assassination attempt. Um, and Moxie's like, Well, I'm sorry, they just seemed so wholesome. And then uh, <laughs> Blitz has a really great quote, a uh, really great line where he says, Oh, who the f- is innocent Moxie? Like, who the F is innocent Moxie? From the moment you're born, you're a parasite leeching off your mama's tits. <laughs> Get over yourself. And um, and then, but then as he's saying that, uh, there's a, sh- a shot, uh, a bullet shoots through the wall and hits Blitz in the arm, and, causing them to scatter. He yells scatter, and they all jump out of the bushes. Um, and Martha and Ralphie go after them, but they capture, the, but the kids capture moxie before he's able to escape um and they taught and ralphie uh chases after millie and she's uh fighting him with a knife but he ends up knocking her out with a glass bottle uh or you know like a wine bottle uh, breaking it over and um and then moxie wakes up tied to a chair because like i said the kids captured him so he's back in the house (laughs) and uh the children just have these like sharp teeth and like these red well, not glowing eyes, but they have these red irises. They're just really creepy. And they say, they they both tell him, oh, it's nice to have a new critter to play with. And he looks around the room, and this is where things get even, like, like really creepy. And by the way, this was a great time for this episode to come out, for it to come out on Halloween, uh, because it, it does definitely have a a scary tone, like a creepy, tone, creepy scary horror movie-esque tone to it. I mean, especially during this part of the episode when they're being hunted by the family, like when Blitz and Millie and Moxie are being hunted by the family. 
and and Blitz is running through the woods, you know, having just been shot and being chased by Martha. It's it's a really tense, creepy horror movie esque, uh, you know, uh, part of the episode, and I and I really like that about it. But um, but yeah, he uh, uh, but Moxie looks around the room and he sees like several taxidermied human heads and pieces of tanned human skin mounted on the walls, and one of them says "Bless this mess," and it's like framed in a portrait, and it's like holy shit, this is really creepy. <laughs> it's, they just and, and it's funny because they seem so nice and sweet at first, but like the more the episode goes on, the more like insidious and and like nasty they they truly become. Like they show off kind of their true colors, like which was kind of cool. I thought because it kind of showed like not everyone's perfect and not everyone's like as nice as they appear to be or as innocent as they seem, you know. Um, so I thought that was kind of funny. But yeah, these these this family like took it to a whole new level. They went like from zero to a hundred real quick. Um, but they just get even more insidious as it goes on. And, and I find that hilarious. Um, but yeah, so Blitz is running away from Martha in the woods when, uh, Stolas, uh, the rich, uh, owl, uh, he's like a rich owl demon calls him and, and Blitz's ringtone is like a, a scream. And, and I love that. That's an awesome ringtone, but, uh, it just keeps repeating, ah, ah, you know, it is. He's like, okay, this is a bad time. And he answers, or he answers, and he tells him, that he's whispering in a hushed tone. He's like, okay, Stolas, this is a bad time. And uh, Stolas is like taking a bath. And um, he tells him, he's like, look, uh, you remember when you slept with me to get the book and you thought I didn't know that you got the book? Well, I've been letting you use it. I let you take it on purpose and I've been letting you use it. But it's my book too. I need it back. And, you know, Blitz is like, because he obviously doesn't give a shit. Like, he's he's trying to, he you know, he's in a very precarious situation here. He's trying to get out alive. And he doesn't really have time to talk to Stolas. But he's like, and he's, so he's just trying to end the call quickly. So he's like, so Stolas comes up with an ultimatum. He's like, okay, look, once a month, I get the book, or you give the book to me in exchange for, as he puts it, a night of passionate lovemaking. And, uh... <laughs> Blitz is like, okay, fine, whatever. <laughs> like he didn't want to do it, but he's like, okay, whatever. As long if it'll get to you, if it'll get you to shut up, because I'm I'm in a very, you know, tense situation here. And um, and uh, and then Stolas, like after Blitz agrees, he just goes off on this like, expletive Latin rant about uh uh what he's gonna do with Blitzo, like his his sexual fantasies about him. And um and, and it's funny because there's a there was a it's a running joke, or at least now it's a running joke, because in the first episode when Stolas was uh telling Blitzo how much he missed him, uh most of the episode was not censored. Like they didn't censor out the F word or, you know, shit or uh, you know, some other explicitives. But uh <laughs> some other curse words but every every time he goes off on a rant about his sexual fantasies like stolas whenever he does uh go on go off on a rant about his sexual fantasies uh every like every few words are bleeped out because apparently it's like so disgusting and disturbing you, you know not even the people watching it want to hear it so I, I just i think that's funny that they leave everything else you know uh said and done except for <laughs> whatever he, you know, goes off about, you know, um, but anyway, but it distracts Blitz long enough for Martha to catch him, 
and uh, Moxie sees a fire, and we cut back to the house, and Moxie sees a fire through the windows, and uh, and he ends up rocking the cherries in backwards, and untying himself with one of the a knife that one of the children has, and freeing himself. Oh, sorry, I thought I had to sneeze. Wait. <coughs> sorry about that. <laughs> um, but he uh, frees himself. And and run and starts running towards the fire in the woods, and we see Martha and Ralphie have Blitzo and Millie tied to a stake, and they're preparing to burn them alive, thinking that'll return them to hell because they're demons. Uh, <laughs> but so they so they start burning them, and then at which point they uh, realize that Blitz and Millie are immune to fire, or at least fire on Earth, and uh, <laughs> Blitz mocks them, and he's like, "Oh well, you know, I can." I can fake it if you want me to, <laughs> uh, and, um, you know, to make, to make you feel better, and Martha's like, oh, well, shit, I'll just shoot you in your smart-ass mouth, <laughs> and, uh, and, but before she can, she's shot, like, through the back of the eye, and, like, you can see her eye pop out by Moxie, and, uh, he, and uh, he used the same rifle that Blitz was planning to use on her, you know, before Moxie ruined the plan, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and then Ralphie runs back to the house in panic after seeing, you know, his wife just having gotten shot. And Moxie frees Mi- uh, Millie and Blitz. Um, and they're both happy to see him, but Blitz, like, pulls him aside and he says if he's not getting paid for the job. And um, and uh, Moxie apologizes for his actions. Uh, and Blitz is like, okay, yeah, apology accepted. And he, and he pulls him into a hug, and he's like, but if you ever pull a stunt like that ever again, I'll hurt both you and Millie. <laughs> I'll hurt both you and Millie. And, um, and, then, and, Blitz, and then Blitz calls Luna to open a portal back to Hill so they can go back and celebrate their successful mission. But Boxy tells him to hang on for a few minutes because he left something back at the house. And as he's running back to the house through the woods, he passes by Blitz's other phone, and you can still hear Stolas... <laughs> <laughs> and uh, going on in the background, and I, I just thought that was hilarious. Like, he, he'd been going on for, like, a good... Well, in, in universe time, not in episode time, but in, in universe, he'd been going on for probably, like, five, ten minutes during that whole escapade. <laughs> like, during all during all of what happened, um, um, it, you know, that night. Um, or, you know, in that in those five, ten minutes, you know, in universe. Uh, but anyway, so, he, so uh, Moxie goes back to the house... And he has Ralphie and his and um, th- his kids at gunpoint. He's like, "What are you gonna do? Shoot us or kill us?" And he's like, "Well, I should because you people are terrible. But I'm gonna be fair here and just call the authorities." <laughs> and it, and then he picks up a universal remote and clicks it. And he's like, "Oh wait, this is a, what is this?" And then it, Ralphie's like, "Oh, it's a remote. Got it for the kids." And then Moxie's like, oh, that's sweet. And he's like, okay, but no, I'm going to summon 911. And I like how he refers to it as summoning 911. <laughs> like, that's, like that's probably how a demon would, or an alien or anything like that wasn't familiar with phones, like our technology would refer to calling someone. They would, they would refer to it probably as summoning someone. <laughs> so I thought that was funny. Uh, but so, okay, so yeah, so Blitz then goes back to the house, or I mean go, goes back to the portal after uh, leaving the house. And he looks behind his shoulder, and he sees the cops have shown up. And instead of arresting them, the police chopper that's hovering above the house shoots a missile and just blows the whole damn house up. <laughs> and, and, and leaving Moxie just standing there 
in horror, like just mouth agape, his eyes just wide open, like, oh damn, what the hell? Like I, I just, I killed that, f- I blew up that family. I, th- I, th- I thought they were gonna <laughs> arrest them. Not, you know, I. And if I had shot them, that probably would have been way better than having them blown to pieces, you know. <laughs> and then Blitz pulls him by the neck and uh, grabs him by the neck and pulls him back into the portal to go back home. Uh, and then we cut back to their office where Mrs. Mayberry, Luna, Blitz, Moxie, and Millie are eating cake and celebrating their victory of having killed um, killed Martha. And uh, <laughs> and then um, and they're all kind of ignoring or not really realizing that moxie is kind of you know obviously shaken up by this and um and then and then they all end uh laughing at something at at what millie's saying oh yeah it's okay to kill people as long as they attempt to kill you first you know (laughs) it's fine and then blitz is like yeah screw that family or f that family (laughs) and then then and then the episode ends and cuts to credits um but yeah so that was a good episode uh, it was a great way to start officially start the show because technically, like I said, the pilot was the pilot, you know, and then this episode's technically the first official episode. But yeah, it was a good way to start it off. Um, and apparently, there's supposed to be eight episodes this season, uh, so I can't wait to see the rest. I wonder. I don't know if they'll be released weekly or what, but or uh, biweekly, you know, like every two weeks. But regardless, I can't wait to see more of Hell of a Boss. And going back, I can't wait to see more of The Mandalorian. So, um, both shows are going to be. Why are well, The Mandalorian's already good, but uh, and Hell of a Boss is too. But I could tell it's only both shows are only going to get better as they progress because they both have interesting concepts. Hell of a Boss especially has an interesting concept. Um, so yeah, I guess that about does it for this review. Um, I'll probably be back uh, f- either Friday or Saturday. Or may or maybe both Friday and Saturday for another review or two. So stick around and until then I'll see you guys next time.